Hi, this is Jessica Murray, Managing Editor for Stairway to STEM, an online resource that supports autistic students transitioning to college, particularly in the STEM fields. This April, Stairway to STEM decided to kick off the Steps to Autism Acceptance podcast. We wanted to give our editorial board members a chance to promote concrete activities, the actions that people can take to build not just awareness, but greater acceptance for autistic students and students on the spectrum. What does it mean to really accept someone else as they are? Our editors and their guests are going to explore the steps we can take now to create meaningful change. Without further ado, I want to introduce editorial board member Teresa Revens McManaman. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for inviting me to talk about this exciting podcast on inclusive models on college campuses. Listeners, are you unsure about what parents and family members can do to support high school students' transition to college, as well as to foster acceptance for emerging young adults in their academic communities? Teresa is going to help us address this problem. Teresa, in addition to working as an editorial board member for Stairway to STEM, what's your primary role and who's going to be your guest for this episode? My primary role is a counselor for students on the autism spectrum at Westchester Community College here in New York. One of the main goals of my responsibilities is to help acclimate new students with ASD to the college community. I also serve as a liaison for the Pleasantville Lab School program, which is a think model program held at Westchester Community College. So my guest today is actually going to be my husband, John McMiniman, who is also an educator and a parent of one of the students who participates in the lab school program. And we wanted to talk about the importance of this inclusive model on college campuses, what it means for the student, for their growth and success, and the benefits of having a program like this on community campuses. Terrific, Teresa. This sounds incredible. Um, thank you so much for leading this episode. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you, Jessica, for inviting me to this wonderful program. Today, my guest is John McMiniman, an educator for the Yonkers Public Schools, as well as a parent to our 18-year-old son participating in the Pleasantville Lab School. In today's discussion, we wanted to focus on the importance of inclusion and the benefits of the Think College model and programs such as the Pleasantville Lab School. First, I would like to give a brief overview of the Pleasantville Lab School program. The Pleasantville Lab School at Westchester Community College, designed for students 18 to 21 years of age with intellectual and or developmental disabilities, operates under the Pleasantville School District. It affords social, educational, and vocational opportunities with same-aged peers. The program is devised to teach students skills and strategies in order to transition to adult life as independently as possible. Classes are provided in partnership with the Pleasantville Lab School, Westchester Community College, and the Division of Workforce Development and Community Education at WCC. The basic framework of the Pleasantville Lab School is on the Think College model, which includes inclusive college classes enrollment, access to campus career services, working a work experience on campus, and spending time on campus with college peers. Through this Think College model, students are able to participate in self-determination and self-advocacy. There is engagement with family and partnerships in the community, 
and students are advised on their course of study, enrollment, and preparing for future success. So John, as an educator, what have been your experiences with inclusion, and what are the benefits to all students? Well, as a teacher of 30 years, I've had several opportunities to uh, teach inclusion classes. I'm a seventh grade history teacher, and in the Yonkers school system, we have some classes that have been um, included into the mainstream courses. Um, in cooperation with working with their special ed teacher, I, I have found um, that modifying how I teach, modifying my tests, my notes, even the whole process of how I teach. For example, providing more wait time between question and answers, repeating or refining questions, checking for understanding as the lesson goes on, just to make sure that everyone is on the same page, and providing more visuals, such as uh, outlining the lesson on the front board or providing graphic organizers, etc. I so found what that you're really talking about here is universal design for learning. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I've, I have found that it was very helpful to the inclusion students, but to be honest, also um, excellent for my regular students in that um, obviously we all know that there are different methods of uh, learning and that the students found that the visuals helped to kind of pull the material all together. So it, uh, it was definitely helpful for, for all the students. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, and you know I'm going to chime in here, um, what, is the, what was the desire, what is the desire for our son Joey in regards to inclusion? Well, obviously, I mean, both of us are big proponents of the least restrictive environment. We wanted to give Joe as much freedom and opportunity to, um, to live life as normally as possible. So therefore... Uh, by going to events, you know, church, restaurant, shopping, etc., we wanted Joe to live as, as normal uh, and as a fulfilling life as possible. Obviously, there were some moments when he was younger where transitioning was a little bit more difficult, but I think by providing those opportunities, um, it allowed him to grow, it allowed him to adapt, and it, uh, I think, was better in the long run for him. Mm -hmm. You know, I think back to some of the early advice we had uh, as we started down this road together, and one of the psychologists had suggested to us that we develop a routine, and it's the same routine from a day-to-day -day basis, and that was going to be helpful for him. But when we thought about and reflected on it, you know, our attitude was, well, the world doesn't work that way. It is not routine. It changes from day-to-day. -day. So we kind of, like, put that advice aside and then focused on trying to add in more spontaneity to help encourage flexibility. You know, if the ultimate goal for any individual is to be a functioning member of society and to live in the community, then what you do is expose the individual to community living. And that's really has been, um, you know, with inclusion and with the Think Model program, you are exposing him, and we are exposing him to community colleges, to community living, to how um, peer age students, you know, go to school. So, um, you know, when we think about the uh, Think College model, um, what comes to mind? 
Well, I think by providing Joe the the opportunity on a college campus to um, to learn at a college level, to experience the normal day to day college life that that his brother or that his fellow students um, enjoy, uh, the freedom to go about the campus, uh, heading to the gym to go swimming in the pool, the freedom to go into the cafeteria even, uh, the freedom to select a, a wide variety of classes. Uh, I think all of it has, has been wonderful for Joe in that allowing him to, to open up more and, and to enjoy that, that opportunity, that freedom. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I hear the chuckle in your voice when you mention about even the cafeteria because, um, you know, not only does he have a wide variety of course offerings, but he has a wide variety of food to choose from that he wasn't getting at the high school. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's something that he has enjoyed. So let's talk a little bit about um, his experiences growing up in terms of going from an elementary to high school and then transitioning to the current program. I mean, we initially started with mainstreaming classes and where he went from self-contained to participating in classes with other students. Then when he moved on to high school, it was a little reflective of the same thing with his hybrid program. But the high school, you know, he participated in some of the electives, but there was a need for change. And what was that need for change? Well, I think as the four years went on, Joe had taken several regions courses, but uh, we ran into a problem in that eventually he exhausted all the electives. Um, he had taken art, he had taken music, all, all the uh, computer science, and after a while, the school had no more to offer him. Um, so when we transitioned him to the Pleasantville Lab School, um, it really opened up opportunities that he could sit down with uh, his teacher and and select from hundreds of courses, um, or likewise the um, the work experience at the um, internship, and uh, again just that general college experience uh, was so much more uh, I think enjoyable for Joe. Um, compared to a high school level. Mm-hmm. You know, and I recall some of the anxiety that we were experiencing as, you know, as his parents and we're in the, on the high school, in the earlier high school years and you start thinking, okay, high school, it's four years, but four years goes very quickly. And what's going to happen when he turns 18? What's going to be the next step? And I find that the uh, the Think College model and his participation in the Pleasantville Lab School has you know, ease some of my anxiety, and I want to speak for you, but um, has enabled him to have exposure to a more variety, not just the course offerings, but different types of jobs. So when he was in high school and he had some work experience as part of the program, you know, it was a choice of three. You know, did you want to to do a little retail? Did you want to go to the supermarket? Or did you want to help out in a, a child care center? you know, serving juice for the small kids. But here in a Think College model, it's, well, what are your strengths? What are your skills? What are the courses that we have? So if you like art, are you interested in maybe computer animation or 2D design? Or, you know, you have an interest in um, criminal justice because he took the criminal justice course when he was in high school. So he was now afforded an opportunity to help out in the security office. So it's really about opening up doors and creating a variety of experiences. 
I have to say, uh, speaking with several of the parents of my current students, um, you know, the students with the IEPs who, you know, are having difficulty um, in the gifted program, uh, to speak to them about the opportunities uh, that a program like the lab school would offer and that to, uh, I guess, try to give whatever advice I can as a parent uh, on the transitioning. Um, so many of my students, again, they're seventh graders, um, that I, I now have a few years experience um, dealing with the high school and a college age child as opposed to the junior high, that uh, to try to give whatever advice, because it is, uh, it is kind of nerve-wracking as a parent. Your child has their own nervousness about transitioning to a new school regularly, um, but it's something where, uh, as a parent, you know, you, you want them to be safe, you want them to be happy and healthy, and, um, you know, it, it was really nice, uh, the support we got from the lab school. Uh, Joe, when he first began back in, in August, he, he was shy, he was nervous about it, and yet within a few weeks, uh, he had clearly opened up and was enjoying it. Mm -hmm. I remember we spoke just a few weeks ago about what did he enjoy most about it, uh, the college, and he said just the freedom to uh, go about the campus, you know, again, if he wanted to go to the gym, to go swimming in the pool, or to go over to the cafeteria, um, again, that freedom that he didn't have back in junior high or high school. Well, not only that, it's, it's also a freedom that he sees that his brothers have. So if my brothers have this, why can't I have it? And you shouldn't be treated any differently just because you have a disability which again is, is, is really um, part of what inclusion is, what inclusion is. And you know, programs like the Think College model really focus on neurodiversity. So it allows for that inclusiveness and in that, okay, we are all very different on a neurological level and you know, we will respect that. John, what were the, as a parent, what were the areas that you were most afraid of as Joey was transitioning to the um, lab school program? Well, the high school he had attended was a rather small school. The entire district was less than a thousand students. And then it suddenly transitioned to Westchester Community College, which was a campus of, I believe, 15,000 people. Yeah. Uh, so I was worried about the size factor, mm -hmm. uh, worried that, you know, maybe he, he might somehow get lost on campus. Mm -hmm. um, but also, Joe is shy to begin with. Um, how would he fit in? How would he uh, adapt to the changing uh, environment? Because he had spent four years at the high school, so he had achieved a comfort level. And again, when he started at the lab school back in August, uh, as I stated before, he, he was shy in the beginning. But uh, I think as he grew more comfortable, uh, he enjoyed the program more. How about you? What did you feel? Um, yeah, I think I was anxious about the size of the building. I mean, I do work there, so that gives me a little comfort. But at the same time, um, I mean, this entire academic year that he's been there, I've maybe bumped into him on campus once, maybe twice. So it really was navigating the campus in terms of the size. I mean, the lab school and think model, uh, think college model program does um, allow for peer mentors. So I knew he wasn't going to be alone, but it's also about feeling lonely because you can still feel lonely in a crowd. 
And so when you start a program and he went to this transitions program, not knowing anybody, then he would have to start from scratch in terms of um, overcoming his shyness again and to learn to make friends and to fit in. The wonderful part about the model program is that it does incorporate, incorporate a lot of social experiences for the students. So he is given an opportunity one-on-one -on -one and in a small group setting to, to make friends. And then during other parts of the day, he is attending a college class that's going to have 30 students in it. So it really was an adjustment to the size of the school, I would say, would be the biggest fear. Right. In terms of travel training, um, that's incorporated as a part of the campus. He has learned, actually, now over the course of this year, to learn to use public transportation here in our county because that is part of the independent living skills that the program teaches. But again, it's about size. It's about adjustment. And I think as a parent, it's also about learning to start letting go and to uh, allow your child to move out of a situation that can be a bit of a cocoon for them. Right. And to be honest, that's, that's true of our two other sons as well. I think most parents that I deal with at the junior high level, uh, they're in that process of trying to let go, and they're, they're scared as the children are reaching adolescence. And so I think the transitioning from high school to college is just a later version of that. Mm -hmm. But, yes, it is that uh, that tough part as a parent to let go and, and hope that your child um, succeeds and that they uh, um, that they do well at the at the new level. I mean, in the inclusive classes, one of the classes he's taking this semester is called College Success, which is actually a very good transition class in itself. But they do cover topics that adults need to be aware of, such as sex education and safe sex and drinking and driving. So. He is being exposed to socially um, struggles that most 18 to 21-year-olds have, and yet his experiences are a little, little more removed. But this has um, started that um, thinking process along those roads, and we were able to have a conversation about um, safe sex the other night. And, and I also think that exposure to that peer model program allows for that as compared to a student who is participating in a self-contained classroom at the high school level, doesn't get that variety of lectures and experiences and discussions. Well, I think as you see more and more students being diagnosed with ASD or on the spectrum uh, nationwide, um, I as a teacher am seeing a lot more of that in my individual classroom. And I, I think it's a challenge to all of us to try to change how we view our students, how we teach our students, how we reach our students by opening up ourselves to to talking with them and, and finding out how they learn best. Um, again, uh, there are different types of learners, and I have found by providing the opportunities, not only the visuals on the board, um, but also... Uh, putting materials on the school website. Uh, for example, we have some students who are um, very shy, very hesitant to talk in class, and yet they are terrific uh, with the computer, and they, they love computer-based projects. Uh, our own son, Joey, is, again, um, he's a shy young man, but 
uh, he, he gets his message across quite well uh, with emails, with text, etc. And so to try to open up how we uh, approach these students with, uh, with the uh, compassion and the understanding um, that they're kids just like any other kids that we're teaching. So as a parent with his son participating in the Think College model inclusive program, how has this influenced you as an educator? in particular this year, because we're one year into the Think College model program. Well, I think just seeing how the openness of the program has, has really helped Joe to blossom more, um, it makes me uh, appreciate it more um, in my own classroom setting, um, trying to provide more opportunities, different opportunities to all of my students, I think is... Uh, has been a, a real reward for me as a teacher. What about the special education community that you serve on? Yes, our school, uh, I am in a gifted and talented program, and we have developed a, a special education advisory committee. And although I'm not a special education teacher, I'm on the committee because I am a special ed parent, and that also I teach the secondary age students. And what I've been trying to advocate um, to the committee and to the administration is to try to push for even more inclusion of the special education classes into the daily events of the secondary students. For example, our oldest special ed students right now in the building are fifth and sixth grade level, but uh, next year they're going to be transitioning up to the junior high level, which I teach. And I, I would like to see that class get incorporated in the daily life of the junior high students. For example, my building, we have the elementary students on one side of the building, the secondary students on the other side. I would hope that as the uh, special ed inclusion classes move up the line, that they would become more involved with my, my general ed students. For example, have lunch with us, um, attend daily events, not just the special school events, but the daily events, and just to be involved in the regular transitioning through the hallways that is such a part of, of our day-to-day -day life. So would you think other school districts can, should consider a Think College model? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it, it's wonderful. Um, and frankly, not only do I think other districts should consider it, but frankly, I, I would like to see districts maybe try to incorporate the program down into the high schools, down into the junior high level to ease the transitioning, to um, get the ball rolling earlier, if you will. Um, I think it's important to provide every opportunity to, to interact on a daily basis with each other. I mean, that truly is um, what we're talking about here with uh, the neurodiversity in that allowing... Uh, everyone to treat each other with the dignity, the respect, the freedom um, that they themselves would want to be treated with. Okay. And, um, well, again, a transition really is, uh, is, is ongoing throughout someone's life, and it's not something that really starts when a person just turns 18, but it's just it's an ongoing process. And I think that the lab school and the Think College model do allow for that and allow for the opportunity of exploration for the next step. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
This is Jessica Murray again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Steps to Autism Acceptance podcast. For links, bios, and more information on this episode, plus additional resources for autistic students transitioning to college, visit stairwaytostem.org. Again, thanks for listening and keep tuning in.